1: welcome to the top flight podcast my name is esteban bailey and joining me today is harnit singh seti the site manager over at the foxes today we're previewing of course leicester city now last season leicester finished in ninth place which you know it, it sounds good but it was a kind of an up and down year for the foxes they started off the year slowly with <laughs> they were in the relegation zone by mid-october Manager Craig Shakespeare was fired and made way for former Southampton manager Claude Puel. Uh, They made it to the quarterfinals of both English English Cup competitions, the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup. But ultimately, the season ended without a lot of fanfare. They finished in the top 10. And as I mentioned, not too too deep of a cup run in either competition. You think that with the kind of squad that they had last season that maybe the Foxes could go on a better run, maybe go challenge for a European spot, maybe not the Champions League, but possibly a Europa League spot, but they didn't. Now, with this new season ahead of us, expectations seem a little tempered. Claude Puel is considered the number is the odds on favorite to be the first manager fired this year with Jose Mourinho being the second, which is pretty funny. Um Hardenith, can you tell me a little bit about the transfer policy this summer, and just in general, what are you? What's the mood around Leicester? Uh,
2: well, um, as far as the transfer policy is concerned, I think uh, it's been very simple. Leicester had a few weaknesses last season, some of which were very obvious. I think if you look at the right back position, you look at the centre back position, you look at the left back, you look at the midfield. I think every position needed a bit of a bit of a change because there was a lot of dead that Leicester City had from the very season um, in, to, in 2015 and 16. So they've replaced Ricardo. They've got uh, Ricardo Pereira for Danny Simpson, which is very good bit of business. Then they have got Ben Chilwell as the main left back. Now I think that's a change, change that was needed the very last season. They continued with Christian Fuchs for a, very, for, for a very long time. But I think this is the right kind of change now. Now they've got another centre-back in Johnny Evans. Uh, that is a bit of a shrewd business. But then again, I think... Uh, he wasn't necessarily, but less than leader. They could have gone for a better centre-back, someone who could complement Harry McGuire well. But then again, uh, 2.5 million, Johnny Evans for that price, I think that is good. Uh, if you look further forward up the pitch, then they've got rid of Ahmed Musa, Islam Slimani is still there. They've got James Madison in. Uh, on paper, it looks a very decent squad. But what worries me the most is the midfield. I think. Uh, that's what's affected the mood of the uh, fans as well. If you ask most of the Leicester City fans, they're very concerned about the midfield. They've got Vicente Bora, they've got Audrien Silva, uh, then there's Wilfred Ondidi. But Wilfred Ondidi is very good. He's a very good midfielder. He's a very good defensive midfielder. But the ones partnering him are the ones that I uh, I, I have a lot of doubts over. Vicente Bora and Odrin Silva are, again, decent options, but not the kind of players who can, uh, who can, be, uh, who can be as penetrative you say as a, as as a as a world class central midfielder can be. I think that's where the main problem is yeah.
1: You know, it's interesting because we we also when we're talking about the midfield, we also have to mention that Riyad mm-hmm. Mahrez, the the real one of the real heroes of that twenty sixteen run, uh, has been sold mm-hmm. to Manchester City for about forty five mm-hmm. million or fifty million pounds. He's mm-hmm. uh, you know he was one of the most creative players in the Premier League for the last couple seasons. Obviously, there was some major transfer saga. Uh, difficulties while he was at the club obviously he wanted to move to Manchester City back in January but the club denied his uh denied that he went on strike for a few games and uh you know it's it, it now it's in the past cuz he's back he's now in Manchester but how do you think Riyad Mahrez's departure is going to affect the Foxes
2: Um it is going to have a huge effect on the team I think he was the creative force while he was there uh, there was a very good saying in Leicester: if, if you don't have any idea, just give the ball to Riyad Mahrez, and he'll make something happen. So, uh, when you look at that sentence, it, it just goes on to tell you how big, uh, how big an influence he was on, re- on the dressing room and on the pitch as well. So, they have replaced his creativity in James Madison, but then again, uh, James Madison is yet to prove that he's world class. Riyad Mahrez was a proven world class player, and now he, now that he has left from Manchester City. The right wing is absolutely empty. They've got Demarai Gray, they've got uh, Mark Albrighton, they've got Fuseni Diaparte. But then again, if any one of those even... Uh, you play them on the right wing position, I don't think they can do as well as Riyad Mahrez could have or uh, a player of his stage could. So, yes, it is going to have a huge impact. And Leicester City, the fact that they have failed to replace him so far... Uh, I think it could have a big save um, when, uh, when when make, when we are, when we reach the end of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, Rian Mahrez, of course, is he won the Player of the Year when they won the champ, when they won mm-hmm. the league. Uh, he's a very influential player. We'll see how he performs over Manchester City. But I want to talk about a little. Bit, I want to talk a little bit about his replacement, or maybe not his direct replacement, but James Madison, as you mentioned, he was the Norwich City midfielder mm-hmm. that was brought in for about 20 million pounds. Um, he's a pretty interesting player. Now, I don't know a lot about him because he played in the Championship. But I know he's an England U21 national. Uh, he's an interesting player on the ball. Could you tell us a little bit about James Madison? Have you seen him play? Do you know anything that maybe other people should know about?
2: Uh, yeah, actually, I, I, I myself haven't heard of James Madison, but uh, from what I've made of him in in the preseason, he was very good. James Madison was, uh, I'd say, a, a younger Riyad Mahrez. That's what I'd like to term him as. That's he's high not praise. Certainly a winger. But if you take a look at the skill that he has, the kind of uh, creativity that he has, the kind of passes that he makes, you'd say that's a, re- that's a very young Riyad Mahrez playing right in the middle of the pitch. The biggest difference, I'd, I'd say the only difference between Riyad Mahrez and James Madison, is the fact that Madison plays in the middle of the park and Riyad Mahrez plays out wide. That's the main difference. Otherwise, I think both the players have got the same class, though uh, Riyad Mahrez has proven it for, for two or three or four years consistently. James Madison is yet to do that. Uh, as far as the technicalities are concerned, I think he's technically a very strong player. He's got a, he's got very good dribbling skills. He has got um, an eye for a killer pass. He can uh, he has a very good uh, close range control as well. Um, and every single game that I watched him in the preseason, he was the main attacking force of Leicester City. Every attacking threat that the side posed, it came through him and no one else. If he stops sticking, Leicester said he stopped taking as well. That's how it works.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, that's very interesting to hear. I mean, that's it's extremely high praise to compare him to Riyad Mahrez, of course. Um, uh, now we'll see because, of course, if he's a good player, he's also he might even get called up to the English national team squad. He has played for the U21 team and the U20 team, uh, so he's an interesting prospect for certain. Uh, let's talk about another English player that is has a lot of uh, interest around him. Of course, is. You've already lost Riyad Mahrez to the transfer window. Achman Musa has left, although that was he was a flop, so it's not really that sad of a departure. But are you at all worried that Harry Maguire might be leaving this transfer window? Do you think that Manchester United will make the, the highest uh, centre-back purchase in history, or do you think he's going to stay for the rest of the season?
2: Uh, no, I'm not really worried yet. Um, if you look at the way that Leicester City have generally dealt with their transfers, I think this is one of the most stubborn clubs as far as, far as uh, transfer negotiations are concerned. We... We know what they did with Riyad Mahrez, and he was—he was, he was, hes one of the greatest players to have ever grazed the King Park Stadium. And if they could do that to Riyad Mahrez, if they could block his move, uh, they could do that with Harry Maguire as well. Uh, I, I don't think that even if 75 million pounds uh, is what is what Manchester United have on the table, then Leicester City would like to sell him because this uh, this is a kind of player where where I think money doesn't matter as much as the player does. If Harry Maguire leaves, then we are looking at a very, very huge void at centre-back. Uh, let us take Harry Maguire out of the equation, and what you've got, what you've got is Breeze Morgan, you've got Johnny Evans, we're not quite sure about Ben as well, and uh, I think there are two or three or more options, none of whom are, are, are the kind of centre-backs that you'd ideally like to have as your first-choice options. So, uh, no. No. Put laconically, I'm not really worried at the moment that Harry Maguire will be sold. But then again, that's it. Uh, we still have six days to go, and it, be, it it has been a very weird transfer window. So we, we may just see a deal happen, though uh, the possibility of that is very low. It's very bleak.
1: Well, he had such a wonderful World, world Cup for the for the English national team. Uh, he's definitely a hot commodity on the market. It would be, know, be wise for Leicester City to at least hold on to him for a little bit. Um, it, of course, it's been a it's been a kind of an interesting couple of years since Leicester City pulled off the miraculous uh, victory of the Premier League in 2016. Um, what do you you know? It's it's Conte is a World Cup winner and he's at Chelsea. Riyad Mahrez is now in Manchester City. Uh, Danny Drinkwater's at Chelsea. I mean, a lot of the squad that was the backbone to that title winning team is now gone. Um, Jamie Vardy is the only one left and of course Jamie Vardy he'll probably never leave Leicester City at this point but uh, are you at all worried about the strike force of this team I mean they don't have the kind of creative players that they once did to supply Vardy the 20 goals a season uh, he's more of a poacher and he likes to go on the counter do you think there might be any potential you know de- decline in Jamie Vardy's abilities this summer or this year season
2: this is something that, that I'm really worried about Uh uh, looking at, let's just say, his attacking options, they've got Jamie Vadi, they've got Islam Slimani, who we are not really sure of. Then there is Kelechi Inacho. Now, out of these three options, Jamie Vadi is the only recognized goalscorer as yet. Islam Slimani isn't someone who you'd, who you'd call is very prolific or someone who can actually fit into Claude Pearl's system. Kelechi Inacho, he's still very young, he's still to prove anything. Uh, I mean, even even we're in the dark even about Kelechi Inacho. We know he's got the potential, we know. He has got the caliber but uh, can he be the uh, natural successor to jamie wadi we're not quite sure so if if jamie wadi were to decline this season which i think again is a possibility then leicester city would have uh, would have no one to look up to uh, it it could it could get very yeah. uh, a very bad situation a very horrendous situation for leicester city if jamie wadi sees a decline now he's 31 year old what he from what we from what we have seen in the last season he refuses to decline, but then again, uh, he's no Cristiano Ronaldo, is he? So uh, if he does, if he does go down, if, he, if his numbers do go down, then Leicester City will find it very hard to to score goals.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's always a struggle. I mean, Leicester City was able to win the Premier League and come so high in uh, their places because of their goal-scoring abilities and their defensive rigidity. Now, this season might be a change from that, especially because there's not a lot of... You know, I actually want to ask you, do you feel that Claude Puel will get fired by the end, by early in the season? Do you think he's going to be the manager by the end?
2: No, I don't think he'll be the, he'll be the manager by the end of the season. Uh, he has, as I, as, a, as I said at the very start, I think he has failed to address the... Uh, Issues in the central midfield. I, uh, it, that was the issue of the last season as well. Leicester City were initially going well under Claude Puel, but as the season progressed, the central midfield went out of ideas. We saw he tried a, def, he tried, he tried a number of combinations. He had Vicente side alongside Onidi. He had Adrian Silva playing as his number ten. He has had Daniel Lamarté. He has had, Daniel he has had uh, Harvey Barnes. He has had. He tried all sorts of options, but none of them worked. Now. What that shows is that Leicester City do lack in the midfield. And that, I think, is what is going to uh, eventually have Claude Puel sacked.
1: D- yeah, he, I, I, didn't, he,
2: I didn't see him lasting the season.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Of course, he's the as I mentioned earlier, he's the odds-on favorite. Now, do you think, uh, if you had your choice, before we get into, we're going to get into our expectations of what we think the season is going to go, uh, if you had your choice of manager beside Claude Puel, like if, once he gets fired, or if he gets fired, uh, who would you pick as the guy that can lead Leicester City into maybe back into the Europa League places or the Champions League places?
2: Well, it's very difficult to actually yeah, name one manager. If if I had my way, then I'd have uh, someone like Arsene Wenger operating at Leicester City. I think he is someone who has got good knowledge of the Premier League. He is a, pro- he is a world-class manager, regardless of what anyone says about him. I think uh, his capability has never been in doubt. So he is someone who I'd definitely like to see at Leicester City, but then again, the possibility of that happening is very low. Uh,
1: I love it, though. That's a from, that's a dream move. I think that's that's amazing. Yeah. Most Arsenal fans it would is, not agree is. with you on that one.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then again, if you look at Leicester City's policy of uh, promoting young players from within, uh, they've got some really talented players in their academy. There are some very fine players coming up the ranks, and Arsene Wenger would love to have a go with them. So he's someone who would look at the budget. He's someone who would look at the younger players. He's, he's someone who would get this team to play the way that the fans want to. They want to see attacking football, Arsenbanger will provide them just that. So yes, if Clack Clockwell is sacked, then I would like to see Leicester City go all in for Arsenger. If we asked for a for a high salary, pay 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 that to him. I think it it's well worth a go.
1: I, I love it. I think that's an incredible that would be an incredible appointment, especially considering when Leicester City would play Arsenal in the season. Um, all right, so Let's move on to our final topic, which is our expectations for the club. Now, we've gone over their transfers, we've gone over their roster, we've talked about what we think might be a problem and their manager. Um, if Where do you think the Foxes are going to end the season? What place? Can you give me their highest potential uh, landing spot in the table and their lowest potential landing spot?
2: Hmm. Uh, again, it's a very difficult question to answer, but uh, when I look at the cracks that are papering over the team, um, I think I'd go for 10th. 10th is the highest that Leicester City will go this season. I don't see them going any higher than that. Uh, I'd I'd like to see them finish higher. I'd like to see them uh, get a European place. I'd like to see them finish 7th or 8th, but that's not realistic. We see how other teams are strengthened as well. Wolverhampton Wanderers have signed some fantastic players. Fulham have signed some fantastic players. Everton are strengthening as well. Um, all around the Premier League there has been some good bit of business in Leicester City despite the very good start to their transfer window they signed Pereira, Evans and Madison at the very start of the transfer window but after that they have cooled down and other teams have picked up the pace I think that's where Leicester City have lost their chance of finishing in the top eight so uh, the highest I think should be 10th they can't go any higher than that surely.
1: Mm, Wow I would probably say around the same. I think uh, 10th to 8th is probably my bracket. I think they have the talent uh, to have a top top 10 finish again. But as you mentioned, there are a lot of interesting teams that are trying to rise up the Premier League table. Of course, they're more experienced. So I'm going to say around 9th. I'm a little more optimistic than Mm you. I think they'll more or less finish the same where they finished last year. Now, whether that means that the club is stagnating is a question for another day. But uh, thank you so much for coming on here. Do you want to plug anything before you go?
2: Uh, I just say that the fans must stay optimistic. Uh, there was a there was a bit of toxicity around the club at the, at the end of the last season. We saw how fans started to leave the King Power Stadium uh, before the games ended. Now I, I do agree that they have the right to be disappointed. They have the right to express their anger at the manager and his base. But you've got to back him. Uh, it's only been half a season since he, since he has been here. Let us let us give him a go. Let us let us see what he does with this team. He has got the players of his choice. He's got the young players and It's a very vibrant team. Um, it's full of surprises. Anything could happen. But if anything may happen, uh, the fans must, mustn't, uh, mustn't do what they did last season. They should be here better. That, that's what my message should be, yeah.
1: Well, I think those are nice words. So that's it from us at the Top Flight Podcast. If you want to read more from Harneet, uh, go to thefoxesofleicester.com. There's a lot of content on there. And uh, I'm sure if you want to get more of your Leicester fix, I think they're going to provide it for you. But uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for yes, listening. You're, welcome. you're uh, welcome. And I hope everybody can continue listening to the Top Flight podcast as we continue our preview series, previewing all the clubs in the before the EPL season starts next season. Thank you so much for listening. We'll we'll, we'll see you soon.